so many different ideas about good health, how do you separate the myths from the facts? Welcome to Healthy View Radio with your trio of co-hosts, Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus. Today, you'll learn what it takes to be healthy and happy within a stressful world from three experts walking their talk. Here is Lisa, Andrea, and Michelle. Hello and welcome to Healthy View Radio, where we aim to entertain and enlighten you on all areas of healthy living. I'm Lisa Lutian, and I'm joined today by my beautiful and brilliant co-hosts, Michelle Fenninghouse and Andrea Beeman. Woohoo! Hi, everybody. Hi. Before we get started talking about the topic today, which is food sanity, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Mountain Rose Herbs. For those of you that do not know about Mountain Rose Herbs, they're a company that grows, processes, and distributes organic herbs, spices, teas, and other sustainably grown and harvested ingredients. This whole summer, I have been loving their garlic pepper. If any of you can see, it looks like this right here. And I'm putting it on everything, but especially chicken, which is really weird because I didn't even like chicken that much. And then I started making it with this and like olive oil, and I have gone insane for this dish. So you're definitely going to want to check it out. I am salivating just thinking about it. Have you guys tried this one, the garlic pepper? Yes, actually. Um, I'm not a big fan of like pork, like pork chops and pork this. and pork. I'm just not like I like bacon. I like other kinds of porky stuff, ribs. But Pablo made a pork chop the other day and he put the lemon pepper on it and the garlic pepper together. It was so good. It was ridiculous. I yeah, became a pork person after that. <laughs> Well, I became a chicken person, so who knows? The possibilities are endless. <laughs> so you guys out there, head over to mountainroseherbs.com slash HVR. Check out all their amazing products. They also have these great aroma sprays and elixirs and teas. They're amazing, and you'll be shocked that you've lasted so long without their products, I promise. So moving on, our topic today is food sanity. And this is super important because we here at Healthy View Radio try really, really hard to stay sane around food. <laughs> but we know how hard it is. And there's so much conflicting info out there, right? Like one day meat is bad and the next day it's good. Egg yolks were awful and now they're great. Is bacon okay every day or once in a while or never? And what about fish with all that mercury? So there's plenty of reasons for you to be confused, but we have a great guest today who's going to help answer your questions later. Before we meet him, though, we're going to chat about them ourselves. So what do you guys think about all this nutritional hype and staying sane? You or me? Who's going? Well, I'll go. I'll go. I I was thinking about this topic because, you know, you're been in the industry, Andrew, you've been in this industry twice as long as I have. So you could probably rattle off twice as many fad diets that have come and gone. But what I've noticed is that all of the different dietary theories out there, all the number one bestseller books, all this stuff, you can follow it in a way that you're eating real, whole, nutritious, nutrient-dense food, or you can still follow that plan in many cases and be eating uh, food that's not so whole, food that's not so real, you know, like the vegetarian that eats French fries for lunch. And that's a really big difference than the vegetarian that's eating like a lentil salad for lunch. So I feel like it's all about the, the quality of the type of food, not just the type of food. I have a story for you guys. (laughs) 
So this past weekend, my husband and I celebrated our 10-year wedding anniversary. Oh, my God. (laughs) And so we booked a spa day at the Ritz-Carlton. Fabulous. You know, just a beautiful environment. And they have a whole tray in the ladies' uh, changing area of snacks and drinks and whatnot. They have tea. And all the uh, the snacks look like bar food, which really surprised me, you know, like the <laughs> with the wasabi peas and things uh. like that. <laughs> they had apples. They had apples. Thank and the, the attendant or whatever they call her, the, uh, she was showing me all the things. And here's where you can take a shower. And here's the sauna. And here's um, some water or coconut water. And I thought, oh, that's lovely. Oh, that's so nice. And so... I went ahead and was about to give myself some coconut water when I read the sign. Now, coconut water is one of those hot items right now. You go to the store, you can get like coconut water with pulp, coconut water with mango, you know, chocolate coconut water. <laughs> it's so good for you. So that's up, to, that's up for debate. We can debate that in a second. But this was, said coconut water, water, coconut flavor, artificial sweetener. Oh, right. So, Ritz Carlton, get your act together. I want real coconut water if I'm getting coconut water at the Ritz, okay? Yeah. Talking about the quality of the food and looking a little bit beyond just, you know, what is it? What type of food? Yeah. So, I agree with Michelle. So, when you look at all the various diets that come out every few years, you got this one and that one. And re- I mean, really, there's a list that's as long as, as uh, how many socks you got in your drawer. You know what I mean? You got, there's so many types of different diets. And people always swear by them in the beginning. You're like, this diet was great. This diet helped me lose weight. This one, I felt so much better. I increased my energy. Because a lot of them have something very similar in common. And that is... They usually get you off the junk food and all the crap, and they get you to eat real food, food that's natural and wholesome and fresh, and right? So that's, that's the first step, and it's real food. It's moving from away from all the crap and into the real food scenario, and then you have to watch out for the traps, like the coconut water trap, right? You think, oh, it's, it's coconut water, but it's a trap. You know what? I don't think that's entirely true because there's a lot of diets out there like Isogenics is really popular and other diets that are giving you these packaged shakes and Mm. bars and they're not real food. That's a whole other thing. But that's the (laughs) truth. And and people are having a lot of success on some of these plans, but I just cringe because it's not real food. It's not sustainable for your life. And and when you think about all those chemicals going into your body and what they're doing to you, it just kind of gives me the, like the cooties. And it's not real. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a food substance that's extracted from a food. So it's like 10 steps away from what it originally was. So it's missing the majority of the components that actually make it healthy. Whether it's the fiber or the water or the nutrients or the right, all of the things that they've now extracted, whatever it is in the isogenics, the one little tiny nutrient without everything else that it naturally came with. So I, I don't buy that stuff. That's that's crap. It reminds me of something that we've talked about several times on this show, which is how humans are becoming more like robots. You know, we work all night, we have our phones, we have a laptop, we're 24-7. If, if you were a robot, don't you think you would feed yourself just like the Jetsons, uh, you know, they pop a pill? Well, <laughs> isn't that what it's called? Like that food-like pill that, you know, you don't have to eat food? 
What's it yeah. called? I think it's called Soylent or something Soylent like that. Soylent Green? Soylent, no, not Soylent Green. <laughs> Soylent is one of the brands out there. Any of the any of the powders in the bars, there. It's essentially no, 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 no. It's not that. It's like it's like food, in, like futuristic food for people who don't want to eat food. It's like food in a pill or something like that. It's like a sci-fi thing that's out there. Oh my! You're God. thinking of like soy lecithin. You know, that's a filler in a lot of those bars. But Soylent is like this bizarre thing. You can Google it. It's really weird. Well, that had that to be, cre- yeah, that had to be created by a young person in a young company because nobody would ever name food <laughs> substance Soylent if they grew up in the 70s. <laughs> and I might be getting it wrong, so don't, you know, hold me to it. But it's something like that. It's like people who go, oh, I just don't want to deal with food. I just wish I could take a pill. And they developed something like that. It sounds horrible to me. Like food is such a joy. Don't you think that actually might be a reaction to the overabundance of the conflicting information out there that people would actually say, you know what, I want to opt out of all this nonsense, organic, not organic, GMO, I can't even deal, just give me the pill or give me the shake. Yeah, totally, Mm -hmm. totally. That's the mentality. Now, I don't know if you guys saw, there was an article in the New York Times this week called, Is the Paleo Diet Right for You? And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was by Jane Brody. And... It, it really talks about the paleo diet, which is super, super popular right now. And it goes through and talks about the different um, issues in there and why some of them might work for you and why some of them wouldn't. And what are your thoughts on that? Did you see the article? Do you have any thoughts on paleo or any other trend right now? You know, it's, it's another trend, right? So it's going to work in the short term, but I don't think it's sustainable. I know that uh, paleo brought back bacon, which I'm grateful for, right? That was <laughs> paleo and then keto hopped on that one as well. <laughs> bacon was then put into everything in the world. Um, but I think that it's, you know, it's helpful in the short term, but it's not sustainable. I don't think you could just sit and eat beef and uh, chicken and, and all that stuff all day long and all year round. I, I, I think that the body's much more simple and yet complicated than that. I agree with you, Andrea. I am grateful to paleo for lots of reasons. I feel like more so than other diets, it really moved people towards more real food, even though it's real chicken, real bacon, real pork, you know, uh, definitely was making people think about eating less processed food. And for that, I really am grateful because now you can find more things on the market that have been produced for the paleo crowd. I'm not paleo, but I'm psyched that I can find these things too, because they don't have processed sugar. They don't have crazy fillers. They have short ingredient lists. And so I think that is great. Um, I do think on a paleo diet, there's a strong potential for a person to not be getting enough fiber. And that's a really essential part of a healthy diet. Our ancestors would get more than 50, maybe 80, 90 grams of fiber a day. And on a paleo diet, you could probably go your whole day and just get a couple grams if you're just eating a lot of meat and a little bit of lettuce here and there. No, that's a a really, really good point. And I I was going to say the same thing. I think that paleo did bring a great awareness about processed and packaged food that we could be screaming about all day long and and people aren't going to listen but when it gets to a diet then they're going to start listening because they go oh if it's going to help me lose weight then I'll do it never mind make me a healthier person 
Mm. You know, so, so yeah, I'm appreciative too, but there's still a lot of confusion around dairy, yeah. around legumes, you know, around grains, even whole grains. I think there's so much confusion going on. And um, I know we always ask everybody else what they have for breakfast, but maybe you guys could share what you had for breakfast, you know, and give our listeners a, a little glimpse into what we eat. Ah, sure. Go ahead, Andrea. Okay, this morning was a a different kind of morning. Pablo and I have been doing a little bit of a cleanse. So like we've been doing beets and apples with lemon juice and olive oil and sea salt. Yum. Yum. (laughs) I know, and it's actually delicious. He's like, I'm looking forward to that because it's refreshing and it's light. Um, So it was a different kind of breakfast than I would normally have. Normally I'd have a poached egg on top of whole grain toast with a little bit of butter and some side of greens and sauteed mushrooms. But today it was, you know, the little beets and apples. With lemon and olive oil. Yeah. It was That's funny. Good. I see your breakfast sometimes on Instagram, Andrea, and I'm like, that looks like my breakfast. It's usually like the eggs and the green, some kimchi or something along those lines. But this morning, I, ladies, it has been a week and I was rushing this morning. So I did, a, I have a plain organic yogurt. I mixed in some maca powder. I mixed in some nuts and some frozen berries. And that was breakfast. And Lisa, um, I'm a real big fan of like eggs with sauteed kale and some avocado on the side. Like that's a go-to meal. I have that for breakfast sometimes or lunch sometimes or even dinner sometimes. It's just like a really quick, easy meal that I love. And I'm loving it with that spice that Michelle recommended to everything but the bagel spice. <laughs> I, so used good. To use, yeah, I used to use a little borsari <laughs> spice, but now I, I've made a switch for that one. And it's Wait, what's delicious. a borsari spice? So borsari is a spice. They sell it whole foods. They sell it in the meat department, but I put it on vegetables and it's my favorite. Like I love it. It's a black label borsari, B-O-R-S-A-R-I. I'll put the link on the, in the Facebook group for everybody. But what is it? Is it a, it's a spice blend. Oh, oh, oh. the label what's in there. Is there any artificial colors and flavors? What What do you got? Bacon in there? Um, no, no. It's <laughs> just, um, I'll make a. I'll double check before I post. <laughs> I've been using it for years. It's you know, monosodium glutamate. Yeah, well, we'll see if you post it or not. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Uh, not as good as my garlic pepper from Mountain Reserves. <laughs> I love that you got those big bags. I still have the little shakers. I mean, I love them, but I would love to have a big bag like that. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's really good. I, I keep thinking about those other ones. You've talked about those Caribbean spices. I got to try those too because they sound so, so good. And, and they just jazz everything up a little bit. Oh, so delicious. I mean, that's the key to healthy food is flavor, yeah. right? And spices are definitely, we're joking, but for all of our listeners, they really are one of those things that you want to read the labels. And gosh, even when it just says like cinnamon, there's cinnamon in here. That's it. You don't know. Some of that stuff has been irradiated. Some of that stuff been shipped in from the other side of the world, cut with sawdust. I mean, it's kind (laughs) of one of those industries where you don't really know what you're getting, which is another reason I do love Mountain Rose Herbs. Yeah, same. So I'm super excited for our guest today. It's Dr. David Friedman, and he's an award-winning number one national best-selling author of Food Sanity. I have a copy of the book right here, if anybody can see. It's a great book. It's been winning all sorts of awards. He is a doctor of natu- naturopathy. <laughs> Excuse 
naturopathy, (laughs) clinical nutritionist, and chiropractic neurologist. He's also a board-certified alternative medicinal practitioner, board-certified in integrative medicine, and registered naturopathic diplomat. He received a post-doctorate certification from Harvard Medical School and is a contributing writer for many leading magazines, including U.S. News and World Report, Newsweek, and Reader's Digest. He's also been a guest on over 100 syndicated radio and television shows. Now 101. 101. (laughs) Friedman's list of clients have included many top celebrities, including John Travolta, Jenny McCarthy, Jamie Lee Curtis, Val Kilmer, and even Paul Newman. As the health expert for Lifetime's television syndicated morning show and host of To Your Good Health Radio, Dr. Friedman helps millions with solutions to everyday health and wellness issues. We're so lucky to have him on with the show today, so stay tuned, and we'll be back after the break to be chatting. In the meantime, we would love to hear your questions, so either call in or type them on the Facebook Live feed, and we would be super, super appreciative if you could take a second and write a review, ideally a five-star review, but whatever, <laughs> and add it to healthyviewradio.com slash review, which will take you right over to iTunes. Thanks, and we will be back shortly. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you sick of striving for a vision of healthy that just doesn't exist? Join the club. Expert health coaches Andrea Beeman, Michelle Fenighaus, and Lisa Lutan are more than just voices on the radio. They're here to help you make real change in real life. Join their Facebook community, HealthyViewRadio.com, to ask questions, get behind the scenes, and receive early access to special offers and events. Again, you can connect at HealthyViewRadio.com. Remember to subscribe to Healthy View Radio on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired, and contemplative thought, showcasing experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Your host, Winifred Adams, will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter. We want to hear from you. Be sure to tune in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus with Healthy View Radio. Do you have a question or comment for the show? 
please call us right now at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email from our Voice America radio page. You'll find connections to reach any of the hosts there. Now, back to Healthy View Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Healthy View Radio. This is the place to be to be enlightened, engaged, and entertained every Thursday afternoon with me, Andrea Beeman, and my fabulous co-hosts, Lisa Lutan and Michelle Fenninghoff. Today, we are talking about all of the conflicting information out there in the world that is driving people crazy, and they have no idea what to eat. And to help us find some clarity around this topic, we have Dr. David Friedman. He's the author of the number one best-selling book, Food Sanity. Hello, Doc, and welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here. I feel like I'm part of the Brady Bunch with these little squares up there. It's getting a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> yes, from the 70s, right? With Brady yeah. Bunch was 70s. The, millenni- the millennials are saying, the who bunch? What are they That's talking right. about? <laughs> can I be Marsha? You can be Marsha. You can be Marsha. <laughs> Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> So before we get started, we do like to ask our, our guests a few questions to help our audience get to know you a little bit better outside of your esteemed bio. So the first question is, what did you, the food sanity doctor, have for breakfast today? Uh, this morning I had organic still-cut oatmeal with blueberries. That was my breakfast this morning. Any cinnamon, anything extra in there, or just straight yeah, up oats? That was, that was straight up this morning, yeah. Sometimes I'll mix it up a little bit, but today it was just the blueberries. Interesting, I asked a, a patient who's uh, almost 100 years old, who still golfs, drives, sharp as a tack. I, I love talking to people that are healthy. I want to learn from example. I said, what do you attribute your healthiness at this going at 100 to be? And he said, every morning he eats a bowl of blueberries. He's on it for half a century, and he links that to his sharpness. And I said, hey, I'm game. So, you know, blueberries are the king, and, and – um, He's done it every single day for 50 years. Wow, just blueberries. Blueberries in the morning. That's his breakfast. So I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not going to do blueberries every morning, but it's kind of nice to know that, you know, and there's science showing that it helps the memory. So that could be why he's so sharp. He remembers everything. Yes, and he can see the golf ball because he's got the uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the second question is, what's the number one thing that you do every day that has the greatest impact on your life? Probably, uh I'd have to say, look at things in a positive way because, you know, people call them alarm clocks and alarms so negative. I call them opportunity clocks. People call them red lights. Well, they're green 85% of the time. Why don't we call them green lights? Why is everything so negative? So I kind of turn words around. Have a great weekend. I like to have a good strong end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we like you already, Doc. Uh, what is your guilty pleasure if you have one? Guilty pleasure is actually organic popcorn. And I wrote about that in my book that, you know, that's one of the things, it's one of the white foods I say to stay away from. But if it's USDA certified organic, occasionally I'll do it. I used to be an everyday popcorn lover. It was my weakness every day. Couldn't lose those 15 pounds I need. Got off the popcorn in six weeks. I lost the weight. It was the one thing that was, and I thought it was healthy. I wasn't putting butter and all this stuff on it. And once I got off of that, I started losing the weight. But you know what? It's not all or nothing. It's occasional now. So I'll do occasional popcorn still, but not the once a day like I used to. So that's my guilty pleasure. That's awesome. We actually had an episode about popcorn just two weeks ago, or was it last week? Last week. I yeah, think. I think it was last week. We had a whole conversation about it. <laughs> great. We'll send you the link. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> okay, so let's get started. What inspired you to write Food Sanity? 
Well, I wrote Food Sanity after 18 years of being a, a syndicated TV and health uh, radio expert. And, and what I did is, is um, I interviewed hundreds of scientists and doctors and best-selling authors. And my goal was to bring my audience optimal health information that they could use. It didn't happen. Instead, I just confused them and myself by bringing on guests that contradicted the previous expert, leaving everybody all confused. So, you know, we got the paleo, the vegan, the keto, the, the plant-based, and, you know, the Atkins, the difference of opinion are like night and day. And I remember oatmeal used to be great. It lowered blood sugar. Remember those days? Not anymore. What do the experts say? Hey, stay off grains. It spikes your blood sugar. Okay. What about coffee? Used to be the worst thing. They actually considered in the same family as smoking cigarettes in the seventies. It was bad for you. Now, what do they say? It extends life. It cures cancer. Drink it. Okay. Eggs used to cause high cholesterol. Now we're told they lower cholesterol and so on and so on. So I wrote food sanity to break through all the facts, fads, and fiction and answer the big question. What are we supposed to be eating? I love that. So During your years of research, you researched the good, the bad, the ugly, and all of the food groups. What do you consider public enemy number one one, when it comes to food? Probably public enemy number one would definitely be dairy. And, you know, it's so funny because we've been engraved with this, the government and all the advertisements, how great it is. And children are still taught that if you want to grow up big and strong, you got to drink your milk. But science shows us children that drink milk grow up with more obesity, more asthma, more ear infections, more sinus problems, and so skin problems, more prone to diabetes because of dairy. Science has shown that. So when I bring up, hey, get off the dairy to my patients, they go, well, wait a minute, what am I supposed to do for calcium for strong bones? Well, let's debunk that here on your show. Ready? Ready. Milk has calcium, but before it gets to your glass, it goes through a process called pasteurization, where it's heated, which is important because it burns the bacteria off. But guess what also burns off? A lot of the milk, that the, I mean the calcium, it becomes insoluble. So people say, well, what if I did unpasteurized milk, which it's not available. But if you did, it still would not build strong bones because in order for the calcium to work, you have to have enough magnesium. And milk has 90% calcium, 10% magnesium. Experts now show we need a one-to-one ratio for that perfect bone building dynamic duo of bone building. Where do you get that from? Plants, the same place cows get their strong bones. They don't drink milk. Calves do. What about (laughs) elephants, the biggest animals, strongest bones? They don't drink milk. Gorillas don't drink milk. They get it from plants. So we can get our calcium, all we need, from the one-to-one ratio. Ready? Almonds, sesame seeds, squash, spinach. There's, There's so many options where we can get our calcium. Remember, Cows don't produce calcium. They get it from the ground, the grass, the plants. Let's just skip the middleman. (laughs) (laughs) So um, our cute little Michelle over here started the morning with a cup of yogurt. So she doesn't do that all the time. So when you tell people to get off dairy, do you tell them to get off entirely for a period of time and then put it back in small quantities? Or what is your, your... opinion about that? Dairy is public enemy number one because there's a protein in dairy products called casein. Now, casein is also used to make glue that holds together wood. Think of the Elmer's glue logo, the cow logo. It's there for a reason. When we ingest this glue-like substance into our body, it produces histamines, which attacks it. And this creates things like the allergies, the asthma, the bronchitis. Whenever I get patients off milk, unbelievable things happen. And dairy, not just milk. We're talking about the cheese. The casein is is shown to be an addictive source. So it makes you ever have cheese. You want to keep eating it. The cheese dip, you keep wanting more and more and more. That's the casein. It literally makes you addicted and want it. So, but we don't need it. There's, There's all kinds of yogurts that are made from cashew milk, and there's almond milk, and there's just so many great alternatives. 
alternatives now. You just don't need the dairy. And think about this. So in my book, I do common science meets common sense. So there's the science. Let's do common sense, okay? What's casein for? It's to make a 100-pound calf turn into a 2,000-pound cow. It's designed to fatten up the cow. You ever heard the term fat cow? It's there for a reason. So why would we want this rocket fuel inside of our moped? It's too big of a molecule. Our body can't break it down. We're eight-pound eight you know, children to 170-pound adult compared to a 2,000-pound cow. We just don't have the enzymes to break it down. So, yeah, now if you want to do occasional, that's up to you. But people that do it every day, every, it's like cigarettes, one or two a month, probably not going to get lung cancer, but doing it every day, every week, probably more likely. Okay, good. So I have a pork question for you because my husband is a huge pork eater. Um, I'm, I like pork, but really not that often. Uh, right. You say in the pork section of your book, you mention how pigs don't sweat and how if a snake bites a pig, the snake is more likely to die. Why is this significant when it comes to our diet? Well, it's important because, you know, the old saying, oh, I was sweating like a pig. I worked so hard. Well, that's not true because pigs don't sweat and that's why they wallow in the mud. They're not dirty animals. They're just trying to stay cool. People think pigs are dirty. They just want to stay cool. If there's water, they choose water instead of mud. But, you know, when they're in captivity, it's mud. And knowing this, that means that they have this outer fats layer that's not getting rid of toxins because they're not sweating. So if you do choose to eat pork, stay away from the outer area. Go more toward the pork loin, the tenderloin in the center because it's away from the fat. And people say, well, I love my ham. Well, if you want to do occasional ham, make linear slices and bake it so the fat drips off in the pan. You want to stay away from the fat. That's the part. So the further you can stay away from the fat toward the inside, that's your option. I personally don't eat pork, but if you want to, knowing to stay away from the fat. And the same with farm-raised fish. It's the fat that brings all the junk in there. It's the fat that brings the, the, the toxins. So just stay away from the fat. And don't use smoked pork because they actually use an um, artificial ingredient that's dangerous to the kidney and the liver. Mm. So speaking of fish, because you just brought up fish, uh, we've been told to limit eating fish because it contains mercury. But in food sanity, you've debunked this. So why is mercury in fish not a concern? Yeah, this is my favorite chapter because I'm a fish lover and I, I, I felt guilty eating it because I've been told by all the experts, oh, fish, you avoid the mercury in the polluted water. And it was like, so I, I, but it was so many studies showing it's good for you. It's got the omega-3 fatty acids. It's got protein. It's got vitamins. It's good for you. It's good for the brain, good for the heart. And so I researched, where did this mercury scare come from? I wanted to study it because I'm not going to eat it if it's bad. Trust me. I don't want it in this body if it's going to cause mercury poisoning. So I looked at the research to see how all these people that are mercury toxicity from eating fish, I found the opposite. Cultures that eat the most fish, we're talking tuna, sometimes three, four times a day, are the epitome of good health. They don't have mercury toxicity. And I said, well, wait a minute. What about pregnant females? We're told, watch out for the, you know, the fetus. They can dangerous. So I looked for the studies. I found the opposite. Cultures where females eat fish three times a day, mostly tuna, have children that have higher IQs than mothers that don't eat fish. So then I got to thinking, where is this coming from? I call fish the redheaded stepchild of food. Why are they being so picked upon. It's, do they have mercury? Yeah, but so does uh, cattle, so does mushrooms. High fructose corn syrup has mercury. And guess what else does? The fillings. But you don't see the government and the FDA tell, warning you about fillings. Point, they're actually tw- 0.27 parts per million for the uh, fillings. There's 0.6 parts per million of mercury for the highest fish. And that's one meal. So you're actually thinking, well, why are they the redheaded stepchild? Follow the money. There's no money in wild-caught fish. 
There's no antibiotics. There's no growth hormones. There's no sulfur drugs. There's no dyes. It's the least profitable. The cow is the big money maker. Do you know the number one customer for a big farmer when it comes to antibiotics? The cow. 80 to 90% of all antibiotics are sold to farm animals, but not fish. So if you follow the money, and then I said, well, wait a minute. Is the mercury a concern? There is mercury. No, because fish contains selenium, which cancels out the negative reaction of mercury. Selenium protects the brain from damage, protects the body from cancer. So in my book, A Food Sanity, I have 18 of the most commonly eaten fish. All of them have more selenium than mercury, except for one, the mako shark. So play it safe, folks. If you see mako shark on the menu, don't eat it. But the rest of the wild-caught fish are not an issue. I have a question about yes. that, Doc. We have actually, Margaret has a question. She's here Hi. asking over on Facebook. She said, never mind Mercury. What about Fukushima? Uh, Fukushima. <laughs> again, again, when you're dealing with, with fish, you can look at certain areas where it's man-made spills or man-made issues. For example, you know, there's a man-made spill and then the fish you eat it, no matter what it is, you would not want to eat that. But you know what? Romaine lettuce was a man-made issue, right? We had an E. coli scare. Does that mean romaine lettuce is bad now? No. So it's funny how they pick on fish if there's some type of an issue with fish. Oh, fish are bad forever. Interesting. Do you remember the Gulf, the, uh, the BP spill in the Gulf? Yeah. Do you remember that? They announced that for 100 years, they predicted you wouldn't be able to eat shrimp or fish from the Gulf. They said, and it's amazing, fishermen would be out of jobs. Millions of restaurants should be out of jobs. Sea life would be gone and dead all the way up to the coast of North Carolina where I live. Why, what happened? Now it's all okay. Do you know why? Because when man went to clean up this oil spill, which is toxic, they found a lot of the oil was gone and they didn't know why. And they found these little microorganisms that they didn't know about that were eating up the oil like Pac-Man. Nature has this neat entity in the ocean that's cleaning up our polluted waters. Now it's safe. Have you heard anything about the deep or No, we're eating shrimp. The restaurants didn't close down. So the ocean has this ability of healing that's beyond what we can conceive. We don't have that ability on land, but we'll eat stuff that's polluted on land. Where does pollution come from? Land. 30% of the planet is where pollution comes from, not the 70% water. Yeah. So then it doesn't really matter, are you saying, where your fish comes from? Because you go to the market and they'll say, well, this is from Nova Scotia, and this is from Norway, and this is from here or there. And are what you saying that just doesn't matter? Again, you know, you, you want to find an area where if it's well caught, again, with anything that's in the store, you know, you've got to make sure it's the process is right, the area where you're getting it is from is treated right. But I like the local fish market. That's where I get my fish from. And that's where you should get your vegetables and your fruit from. Try to stay local as much as you can. And if you're living in an area that you can't, then you want to go and you're to find reputable places. But realize this, fish aren't the bad guy. If you're buying chicken and meat, it's okay. And all these other ant pork's okay. And you're worried about fish. Why? You know, why is that the big concern? So to answer your question, fish is healthy, but wild caught. You don't want to do farm raised because then you're dealing with the dyes. You're dealing with soy. It's being fed soy. It's being fed corn. That can have the pesticides, the chemicals. Fish shouldn't be eating soy. Fish shouldn't be eating corn. It's not their normal diet. And just so you know, the most commonly eaten fish in America is the salmon. 90% is farm-raised. How do you know? Don't believe the label because over 50% are lying according to consumer reports. You can't believe the labels. Oh, it says wild-caught. Don't trust it. You know what you trust? Your eyes. See, salmon are a professional swimmer. They swim upstream. 
humans, a professional swimmer is very lean, right? I don't know any swimmer that's professional that has any fat on. They're lean. Well, a professional swimming fish is the salmon. They should be lean. If you see fat striations between the meat, it's farm-raised because farm-raised fish are in a cage. They get fat. They don't exercise. So use your eyes. Also, the color's a little off. You want to make sure it's a really dark, deep color, not this orange because they're fed pellets because guess what? Farm-raised salmon are gray. They are gray. People don't want gray salmon. So they're fed these pellets to dye their, their insides, and you're eating that. So, yeah, you want to stay away from farm rice. People hear the word farm, they go, oh, that means it's fresh. Not when it comes to fish. <laughs> so let's talk about the farm for a second. Let's talk about beef, right? So paleo uh, is a big beef component, but you say it should be avoided. So what, what's your reasoning for that? Yeah, interesting. I looked at every food group, the good, the bad, and the ugly, including vegetables. I had no biased agenda, and I spell that B-U-Y-A-S-E-D. A lot of it's bought and paid for, and that's what I was noticing when I got to the beef chapter. Everything really good was bought and paid for, and I said, all right, the consensus, Harvard, John Hopkins, Mayo Clinic, uh, World Health Organization says the more red meat you eat, the more likely you are to get cancer. That is just proven. They didn't know why, though. Until recently, it was about three and a half years ago, they discovered a molecule called the NEU5GC. It's a sugar molecule that's high in cattle. We don't have it in our body. And when we eat it, it creates inflammation, and it has been linked to colon cancer. Now, this molecule, not in fish, eat them. It's not in chicken, eat them. It's not in vegetables and fruit, eat them. But when we eat them in and these, these um, red, uh, red meat, it actually creates the colon cancer. And that's what they found in the colon cancer cells. So we knew once upon a time that cigarettes caused cancer, lung cancer. We didn't know why. And then scientists said, hey, it's the nicotine. Now we know why red meat has been linked to colon cancer. It's this molecule. So if you do, oh, am I going to get off all red meat? Hey, if you want to eat red meat occasionally, but don't do the 80-20 with 80% red meat and 20% fruits and vegetables, which so many diet, flip it. Do 80% fruit, vegetables, grain, and then the 20% meat, and throw in beef if that's, if that's your option. Okay, so hold that molecule thought. We've got to take a short break, but when we come back, uh, Dr. Friedman, you're going to share some more food insight and wisdom with us. So you guys and gals, don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you sick of striving for a vision of healthy that just doesn't exist? Join the club. Expert health coaches Andrea Beeman, Michelle Fenighaus, and Lisa Lutan are more than just voices on the radio. They're here to help you make real change in real life. Join their Facebook community, HealthyViewRadio.com, to ask questions, get behind the scenes, and receive early access to special offers and events. Again, you can connect at HealthyViewRadio.com. Remember to subscribe to Healthy View Radio on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Have you figured out what to attract in your life in order to make it successful? There are those who can and those who can learn. Your intensified energy gives you willpower to move the bar forward and be happy. Happy people spread their energy throughout their lives, and once they figure it out, go on to be successful at nearly everything they set their mind to. Join host Ellen Morano and her panel of guest experts and co-hosts on Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health and Wellness. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighouse with Healthy View Radio. Do you have a question or comment for the show? Please call us right now at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send us an email from our Voice America radio page. You'll find connections to reach any of the hosts there. Now, back to Healthy View Radio. Welcome back to Healthy View Radio. Today, our topic is food sanity, something we all could use some more of. And we're here with our guest, Dr. David Friedman. So we're going to pick up where we left off. I wanted to ask you about vitamins. And we've been getting some questions about specific brands and things over here on Facebook. So let's just start with vitamins in general. In Food Sanity, you share some startling information about vitamins and how some of them can actually contribute to the cause of disease instead of prevention. So how do we choose the best sources? Yeah, first, you know, a lot of people, they they choose vitamin because they think that's the natural approach. They're getting something natural that's going to supplement their diet because maybe they're not eating so well and they use vitamins is the answer. Some people also turn to vitamins because they want to avoid giving their money to big pharma, right? They want to actually go natural. But what people don't realize is all of the major vitamin chains are owned by big pharma. They own that. You're giving their money. Bristol-Myers Squibb, you've got Bayer, uh, you've got um, Pfizer, they own Centrum, all the ones from some, Centrum, uh, the Theragram M, the Flintstone Trubles, all owned by big pharma. And a lot, and I show in my book, the chemicals that they use to make these pharmaceuticals are also used to make these vitamins. Some of the antifungal medication ingredients in there, the antibiotic ingredients. So you're dealing with nothing natural. So a lot of people think vitamins are natural. There's nothing natural in these vitamins. It's pure chemicals. So my view is this. We weren't born in a laboratory and are made out of you know, chemicals in a laboratory. Neither should our vitamins. I think we should go whole food, natural, like our food. So I think the vitamins do take a place, but not this synthetic garbage. And I'll, it's interesting. Just I'll share one example. Um, the um, Mount Sinai School of Medicine did a study showing that vitamin C causes DNA genetic damage to your cells and your offspring. And interesting, when this study came out, I was treating one of the head PhDs at Takata ascorbic acid plant. They make vitamin C. He comes in, I go, aha, Mr. Vitamin C maker, what do you think of this article saying that what you make is dangerous to the body? He says, it doesn't surprise me. He said, I don't touch the stuff. He said, if you knew, if you knew what we use to make vitamin C, you wouldn't touch it either. I said, Time out. What do you do to make by it? What do you make? And he gave me this list. Perchloric acid is used. That's used in rocket fuels and explosives. Acetone, ladies, good stuff for the nail polish, right? But not for your vitamins. Chlorine, uh, caustic bleach, and nickel. The list when I'm writing this down. So interesting. So I'm writing this article from this, and the article was published in a magazine. It was in my waiting room. And one of my patients came in and he says, this makes so much sense. I said, what? He says, I'm the plumbing contractor that Takeda hired to put in their pipes. They needed titanium pipes. He says, I've never installed titanium. Now I know why. This, these chemicals will destroy regular pipes. And this <sighs> is the stuff when you see ascorbic acid that's fake vitamin C. It's chemicals. It's made in a laboratory. It's not vitamin C from nature. So is Mount Sinai School of Medicine saying vitamin C is bad from nature? No. 
the stuff that's made by chemists in a lab. Man is trying to duplicate God's creation, and it's just not working. So get natural vitamins. There's supplements out there. And how do you know? Look on the back if you see the word plant, seed, stem, uh, leaf. That's all good if you see words you recognize like fruits and vegetables. But if you see phenohalipopithalaminamide and you go, what the heck is that? Probably not natural. It's a chemical. So really just look to nature. And in my book, I have the ABCs, absorption, balance, and certification. And absorption means don't do the shellac or the thick capsules, you know, stay away from the gel capsule so it absorbs better. Uh, the B is balance. You want to make sure it has the natural fruits and vegetables because it's not about mega dosing. You don't need 3,000 milligrams of ascorbic acid. Think about it. Common sense. An orange has 30 milligrams of vitamin C. Do you really need 3,000 milligrams of vitamin C? You know what I'm saying? And Linus Pauling supposedly took 12,000 milligrams of ascorbic acid. And he said it, it, it combats cancer. Do you know what Linus Pauling died from? Cancer. Uh-uh. Come on. Yeah. So, and then C is certification. Look for certification CGMP, which is general manufacturing practice or USP United States pharmacopoeia on the label, because just like the, the farm raised versus wild fish, don't believe the labels. GNC was sued for 21 products that didn't have what was inside that said on the label top products. You can't believe it. You've got to look for these certifications. ABC. Oh, boy. All right. So on a related note, because talking about buying a packaged product and not eating real food for our nutrients, some of our listeners are asking, and we were talking about this earlier, what's your take on things like Shakeology or Herbalife or Isogenics? Again, you know, look on the back, just see if it's from natural sources. And some of these products are, they're good, they're natural, and, you know, we can, we can, you know, supplement our diet with that in a smoothie. If you need a little extra protein, you can find a good protein powder to mix if you're doing smoothies. But really, if, if you just eat organic, eat good, eat right, you don't need to look for boxes and mixes and potions and lotions. If you just eat right, eat organic, eat fruits and vegetables, 80%. I, I eat a flexitarian diet, which is the marriage between vegeta- vegetables and flexible. So vegetarian and flexible is the flexitarian 80-20, 80% plant-based, 20% animal. And you know why I do that? I research cultures around the world that live to be 100, 110, 120. And that's what they eat, primarily plant-based, a little bit of animal, very little red meat. Learn from example. And then, uh, you know, I even looked at the paleo, the, uh, the caveman diet that we're told, oh, that's 80% beef and beef. Not true. Scientific studies show that our caveman ancestors ate mostly plant-based, a little bit of animal, when they can catch it, but it was so much easier to pick with their hands fruits and vegetables, it was harder to go out and hunt a lion, tiger, and bear on my, especially because a caveman is five feet tall, 171 pounds. That's clinically obese. Hand these oompas, that's what they are, a sword and say, all right, go catch a lion, tiger, and bear on my. You think they had the ability of doing that? No, they didn't have the speed of the endurance. So it was very rare where they catch one of these big game, but they want us to believe that that's all they ate. It's not. It was, it was available. Plus, if they did catch a lion, tiger, or bear, it was good for one meal. In five hours, it would rot. They had no refrigeration. But they can pick fruits and vegetables and plants that last for days. So common sense, they were probably looking for the close. Now, if that wasn't around, would they go for animals? Yes. But they chose to go with plants. How do we know? They have fossil analysis. Even their teeth, they're finding grain. And I know you don't want to hear this. Gluten. 40% of the caveman's diet, according to the University of Utah, was gluten, grains. 
So we did eat gluten back then. It's not 10,000 years. So really, I think this whole fad diet thing, it's wearing out. And of course, now we got the keto and the next two years will be something else. I just say, hey, stop this insanity. Let's get back to clean eating, not fad diets and just do what you know, makes sense. Now, of course, their wheat or their gluten-containing grains were not being grown, you know, sprayed with a Monsanto product you know, right. several times. It was a slightly different, different... But let me ask you, can, can you then blame the grain or Monsanto? It's not the food that's to blame. We've been digesting gluten for three and a half million years. We have the enzymes, but you're right. When we eat the Monsanto pesticide, guess what that does? Destroys our gut, our microbiomes, and we can't digest gluten. It's hard protein to digest. But if we're healthy, our, our, our gluten, of course not if you have celiac disease, you're allergic to it. That's that. If you have gluten sensitivity, that well, uh, celiac is about 2.6 million. Gluten sensitivity is about 5 to 8 million. But the other 90%, don't be so afraid of gluten. I have st- Let me just read one. Just, just, I, got so, I know people don't talk about this. Just one. All right. In May of 2017, the British Medical Journal published research by Harvard School of Public Health. They analyzed over 100,000 subjects for 25 years. That's a big study. They found participants with the highest intake of gluten-containing grains had significantly lower rates of heart disease than those with the lowest consumption of gluten. In 2015, the World Health Organization said eating Whole grains containing gluten reduces colorectal cancer by 17%. I've got tons of studies showing don't blame the food. Blame what's inside of our food, what's wrapped around our food, and sometimes what we cook our food on. And these are chemicals and obesogens that make it hard for us to digest gluten. That's why we need gluten. You feel like crap now, but you didn't 10 years ago. 15 years ago, you were fine. Why all of a sudden can we not digest gluten? It's because of what we do into our colon. It's these chemicals. And one is the pesticide, the Monsanto. That is a very good point. So I love what you were saying about 80-20, 80% of your food being plant-based, maybe 20% animal products. And that, to me, is one answer to the question, how do I afford all this? You know, how do I make sure I'm buying the local and the wild-caught, et cetera? But, you know, plants are a lot cheaper to buy than that wild-caught salmon. How else do you advise folks to stay with, within a diet that's helpful and not break the bank? Yeah. Well, one is people say, should I buy everything organic? That can get expensive and it's hard to find everything organic. So little rule of thumb I have, okay? If you can get your fingernail and you can puncture the skin of the fruit or vegetable and it punctures easily, more than likely pesticides getting inside, buy it organic. So that means grapes, blueberries, strawberries, apples, pears, organic. Now, if you can't, thicker skin items like the, uh, you know, you got the, the pomegranate, you got the um, uh, pineapple, coconut, eggplant, avocado, not such an issue. So you always want to that, and that's just an easy rule of thumb, and then the rest you don't have to worry about it. And if you really don't want to break the bank, far, uh, shop at the farmer's market at the end of the day. You will get some great deals, sometimes 50% off, because they don't want to take that stuff back with them. So you can get really good deals, way, way cheaper than you can get conventional fruit and vegetables if you shop at the end of the day. Oh, that's a really good tip. Thank you so very much for joining us today. We want to make sure our listeners can learn more about you and your book. So what would be the best website for them to go to? Yeah, best website would be foodsanity.com. You can get uh, the PDF. I have a, um, an extra uh, 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 30 recipes that I could fit in the book. So that's a free download. You can go down all that. It's a good compilation of the book. It's also available where all books are sold. So go to Barnes & Noble, bookstores, Amazon, Books A Million. They're available as well. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Great. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Marsha uh, and, and, uh, <laughs> and Dan and Cindy. I, and I'm not going to call one of you the maid. I can't do that. Just, oh, you'll, you'll hate me forever. So. <laughs> so funny. Okay. Thanks. Ladies, what do you think were the most important parts of today's episode? Uh, okay, so I'll go. Um, first, I love that he said, first, eat local and seasonal, right? So I'm a big fan of that because that helps create a more diverse microbiome. And then you'll be able to digest your food, right? So local, seasonal, organic, clean, wholesome. Get away from all the crap. Get That's it. Just get away from all the crap. If you can't pronounce it, don't put it in your body. All right, so Lisa, you got to check those ingredients on that, that thing. Right, don't put it in your body. We're designed to digest and absorb the food that is here on the planet for us. You know, it's it's common sense, and uh, and I liked a lot of what he had to say. So I hope everybody goes out and gets his book. I, I'm going to get it as well. Um, it sounds like it it's a good one. Yeah, Lisa's already got it. Yeah, I got it. So. I would like to add there, it is confusing. You know, we've had many guests say many different things on this show and it continues to be confusing. But the one thing that nobody ever disagrees about is eat real food, eat a lot of plants, eat healthy fats, eat, you know, animal protein, the highest quality you can in small amounts. And I think that that is definitely something across the board that nobody would argue with on that fact. So to me, that's where my takeaway, just keep coming back to the best quality food I can get my hands on. I loved how we talked about the 80-20 split and how, you know, our ancestors were, yes, they were eating some meat, but most of the time they didn't have any. So they had to be eating plants. And so I think that that flip, that gets back to making sure you have enough fiber in your diet. Probably anyone on any kind of diet across the whole country is not eating enough plants, period. So that's one big takeaway for all of our listeners. And hey, you guys, if you loved today's show, we would love if you would head on over to healthyviewradio.com slash review. That link is going to open up iTunes where you can leave us a written review with your thoughts. And then there is a very good chance that on an upcoming episode, we will read your review on the air. I want to say thank you to everybody for joining us today. If you want more Healthy View Radio, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can watch our behind-the-scenes recordings on YouTube. Wait, they're going to watch our behinds? <laughs> yes. If you'd like to watch Andrea's behind, you can find that on YouTube. That's on a different channel, though. <laughs> or you can catch us at HealthyViewRadio.com, broadcasting live every week, Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be back next week. We'll see you then. Everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Healthy View Radio. Please join Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fennighouse again for another fun and insightful edition of our show. We're live again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. See you soon.